Hey guys, welcome to Pressing On. It's the end of October. Pressing On is a podcast for men, uh, though 18% of our listeners are women. Did you know that, Chris? I know that. I think we talked about it last month, right? Yeah. We meet once a month, just in case this is your first time, and uh, our whole goal is to give all of us a perspective of becoming a better version of ourselves today than we were yesterday. And to help us take these steps, you have myself, Scott Lessing, and Jordy Vickery. How's it going? And of course, the one and only Chris Meekins. Oh yeah, nice and smooth. (laughs) Well, Jordy... Tell us uh, about our friends who uh, believe in what we do, and they want to encourage our listeners as well. Blackburnian Coffee, if you're just tuning in, we did have a winner last yeah, yeah. month. That person would like to remain anonymous, <coughs> Chris people. Meekins. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> it, it was not one of us who won, but we will respect the person's wishes. Blackburnian Coffee is a micro-batch brewing company based in Cleveland, Ohio. Blackburnian Coffee uses high-quality fair-trade beans from farms and importers that treat their workers with respect. We also know the owner and roaster of this great company, Sarah Stumbo. If you would like to win a free bag from Blackburnian Coffee, simply email us at pressingon at gracecma.org. The first person to do so wins a pound of coffee. So this isn't blind luck you have a good chance if you act fast so like go ahead and do that like chris did last (laughs) (laughs) also you don't have to win in order to make a deal you can still order the coffee and if you use the code pressing on you can receive 15 percent off every order at blackburnyandcoffee.com and that's all year round not just now Right. That's awesome. That, isn't that cool? It's good That's stuff. very cool. So, Scott, you have kind of some language that you put behind our friend Chris Meekins and kind of just embodies what he does for a living. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. So, I actually just taught on this recently, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. It, it's really interesting. I'm going to read it, and then we'll kind of dive into it. it. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... You're a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so what this means, what I believe this means is that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, right? The old has gone, the new has come. The old life, the way we used to live, you know, the sinful things that we used to, that lifestyle, that new, that person is gone. We have a new person now. We are a new life which has begun because of Jesus. And this is all a gift of God who brought us back to himself to be in this relationship with him. He reconciled or restored us to this relationship. So what does it mean to be reconciled to God or to anyone for that matter, really? Um, We've been brought back into this relationship with the creator of who we are, our creator, the creator of our souls. We've been brought back into this relationship. The first question that we have to ask, though, is why are we being reconciled? Uh, that we have this separation, there's this 
this wall between us and God. And scripture actually goes on in Romans 5, 9, it talks about the wrath of God, okay. that we've been saved from the wrath of God. And it's really important to know that. So Chris, you and I were talking earlier this morning about what what, what does this mean then? Like if you and I are at odds with each other, okay, we can't be in this state of neutrality, right? No. A, a lot of times that's what we think we are with God. Like, oh, well, it's just a neutral relationship with or God. Or people will say, oh, you know, there's nothing going on here and I'm just not going to deal with it. Right. Yeah. But it's actually a state of hostility. Yeah. Before you know Jesus, you're actually in a state of hostility with God. So your relationship with God is in a state of hostility. Like you're at odds, right? Reconciliation means literally to change. Hmm. So to change the mindset of both people. So the mindset of God has changed. And at some point when we come to know Jesus, now our mindset has been changed as well. So the attitude of God and the attitude of us has changed. Now, God's already made this change by what he did through Jesus. As created beings, though, men and women, we are powerless to reconcile ourselves with the creator. So it's impossible for us in our own mindset to just change. We need something bigger or greater than ourselves to do that. Knowing this, though, God sent Jesus to pay the ransom that was needed so that we could be considered righteous, so that we would be made right in the eyes of God. And with this, when we do admit that we can't clean up ourselves, and when we admit that we need Jesus, and we believe that what God did by sending Jesus to be the peace offering for us, when we do that, we're reconciled to God. I said earlier that we can't do it on our own. The scripture says in John 6 that that God is always drawing us to himself. So God's working with us to change our mindset. He's always coming towards us. Correct. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps right. change our mindset. And then we finally say, oh yeah, like I want to be made right with God. I, I, I'm tired of living in this hostile relationship with God. I want to be made right with him. And then verse 19 is interesting. It says this, that God was reconciled the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. And that's the ministry of reconciliation. That God was in, for God was in Christ reconciling the world, every like all people to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Now, that's exciting once we know Jesus, but for some people that's like, do I really need to be reconciled to God to be made right with him? This is what's interesting, though. God not only reconciled us, but it says that he's reconciling everyone. He wants everyone to be reconciled. And the scripture says that, makes it very clear that God does not want any single person to be lost. And then he He gave us this message. That's what's interesting. That's what we're going to talk about today. He gave us the message of reconciliation. He's actually called us to be ministers of this message that it's our calling every one of us every single person the men and the 18 percent of the women that are listening today all of us have been called to be not just be reconciled but to be ministers to share that message of reconciliation with other people we've also been called ambassadors right that god appeals to people through us so he makes this call to other people in their life through us. So a lot of us, I, I'm one of those, I used to think, well, God can't use me right. to, to share this amazing message. No, 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 you actually have been called. 
I believe it's our responsibility, all of us, to be that bridge of reconciliation, that minister of reconciliation. Again, reconciliation means to change. And this means that we are to be change agents, right? Like some of those, what are some of those movies uh, where like you, you have this agent of whatever? I should have thought of that before. It just hit it, me. I, I, my, my, my brain is like secret, secret agents, but you're yeah. saying like, okay. But we're supposed to be change agents. Like our... Like our, the adjustment bureau, the adjustment <laughs> Those bureau, are my favorite yeah. agents. But that's our that's the our mission is we we are called to be agents of change, right? Okay, right. And share that with other people. Right. So so we're to share this hope and and which brings other people, other souls. It brings their souls great joy, and they've been reconciled to the their creator as well. The question is, how do we do it, and who do we share this hope with? Yeah, the answer is with those around us, of course, but why? So they can come back to God, and it's safe, and it's amazing to help them understand that they can have this safe, amazing relationship with God. They don't have to live in hostility with God anymore. And to help them understand that Jesus is the one who paid that debt for them, and that they can now be restored to this great relationship with God, the way he originally designed it, actually. Um, so I'm a believer that God has called all of us to be these agents of reconciliation, these agents of change. But how do we do that? How uh, prepared are we to tell others about this amazing message? And what gets in the way for us to do so? So those are some of the things that we're going to talk about. But Chris, what do you call this? Um, well, I have a new term. I invented it. <laughs> I, I invented it. Uh, and we, I call it uh, being a baller for Jesus. <laughs> You should Every, make a dictionary. I, I'll write a. Uh, it's a mechanism. Uh, that, like there's it. a lot of mechanisms. There's a few that's of for them. sure. That's my newest. That's a, we added that one. But it's um, uh, helping people get restored to God. It's it's. Uh, I really believe that there's a, there's a place where we have to help people understand that just being a Christian, just accepting Christ, uh, is is not the final answer. It's it's how do I become the man that I want to be and and be uh, and be normal like i can go to work and i i can still be scott lessing or or, or jordy vicker vickery did i get it right <laughs> yeah uh, close or or chris meekins it's the first time chris has been willing to say it right I've been willing. Had i'm it willing i'm willing yeah so there's a there's a i think there's a place where what needs to happen in my life what steps is that a, are yeah. we allowed to say stops? Yeah, absolutely. To 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 restore or to grow closer to God when He's coming, He's He's looking down or He's looking towards us. Yeah. like we said a couple minutes ago, God's always looking towards us. He's coming towards us. Not like I was told when I was a kid. Well, you need to come to me first. Right. That's not how God is. Right. But but you said that you've made some changes in your life in this last year. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so one of the many privileges is uh, we've been able to uh, move to Florida, and uh, we decided we went down there six months ago part time, and thought, well, we'd uh, go for the winter, and then we decided, well, this is like really nice, but really the thing that made the final decision was the first thing that people ask you when you're down in Florida is they say, are you a snowbird? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? They want a, a snowbird as you're there from uh, beginning of November to maybe May. And you're down there, you live there, and then you come back up north. And you could see it was like a relational thing. Do I get close to you? Because you're going to be leaving in a mm -hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah. 
And so, uh, you know me, if I'm going to be in a relationship, I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, we really want to minister to these people. We really believe that God's called us to these people. We really believe that we've got something to help them or to participate in. Uh, some of the great tools that I've learned here at Grace Church over the last 42 years. Um, and so we decided if we were going to be in relationship, we are going to be completely in relationship, not not a part-time relationship with people in Ohio and part-time in, in Florida. So in other words, you felt God calling you out of this ministry at Grace Church. Yeah, and it was really, it's difficult because Joyce and I walked into the church some 42 in 1978 and uh, looking for God, and we found him. Hmm. And we, we don't know any other church. There's been times that they've asked me to go to another church, but we've never gone to another church. We've always been here. And so... I was five then. You were five? Yeah. Wow. I wasn't here. I was <laughs> were your you parents... guys looked at me like, how old were you? <laughs> were your parents even married? No, they didn't even know each other. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. See, that's no good. Well... <laughs> One of the things while you were here, some people would always joke with you that you were the mayor of Grace Church. Do you remember that? Which is not true. Yeah. Which is not true. <laughs> but you had a lot of influence Well, over the years. You've influenced a lot of people, including myself, right? And some yeah. of the things, what, what's really cool about how we've set this podcast up, up to this point, is these three generations, you've influenced me. Mm -hmm. And up until we did this podcast, you didn't have much of an influence on Jordy. But through me, some of the things that you've taught me, I've been working with Jordy for how, how long now? Two, three years? Yeah. Right? And Jordy's influenced me. I've influenced him. And some of those things have been because of you. But you've influenced a lot of people, even though you're not the mayor of Grace Church, um, though some people think that, you've influenced a lot of people here. You've made a big difference here at Grace Church. God's used you in big ways. Well, the, the way that those kind of things happen is uh, when Joyce and I first started here, um, we didn't understand Christian stuff. We didn't understand the, the language. We didn't understand that there was a narthex. We're like, first of all, what is a narthex and where is it? <laughs> Second of all, the, the agape group is meeting at the narthex. And I'm like, okay, what is agape? What is the narthex? And so I've always had a, a burden for new people because, again, we walked in. We didn't know any Christian uh what is it? What do they call that? Lingo, Christianese. Christianese, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I just started standing at the door, and and they had these big oak doors there, and I'd open the door, and, hey, welcome, come on in. Hey, welcome, come on in. Hey, welcome, come on in, which ended up me being able to meet almost every new person that walked through the door. Hmm. And so uh, I'd just stand there and, and greet, and that's where I uh, – God actually gave me my first, uh, my first life – uh, verse which was uh, Psalm eighty four ten. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And so, because um, you used to dwell in the tents of the wicked, I did. Yeah. I know. I know how to hang out there. Yeah, you know there there. I know how to hang out there, but I don't know how to hang out in the church. And so we knew that there was a lot of people coming to know Christ here at Christ Church. I mean, it's still going on today. Yeah, right? it is. And so you kind of you know you came to this realization like wow like I'd rather have this kind of humble role in God's kingdom would you say you were pretty surrendered to God right out of the gate or was that was there a moment or was that a process well the the funny thing is I always believe that I believe you come to know Christ and I think you have a crisis of belief or you have um, 
What's That's it? right. Yeah, crisis of belief is what A.B. Simpson talked about, right? right? And in the CMA, that's our denomination. And I think there's where you 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 ask Jesus to come into your life, but then there's a point where you make him Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not only king; he's my Lord. And uh, so daily, it's a daily thing, right? The salvation versus like now daily. How do I surrender? Yeah. So we were we were standing. We were. Uh, just coming to church we were participating and i was going through a process uh, it was trying to get on the fire department and i was there was a moment that i was really broken and i was going to a um uh i was going to a men's prayer time and all these like godly people they're like quoting scripture they their bibles are closed because i had one eye open because i wasn't sure you know <laughs> was that intimidating it was it was scary because you got Jonathan's dad, you know, quoting scripture after scripture. Pastor Donald Schaefer. Yeah. Pastor, who started our, our church. Who started our church. He had uh, his son-in-law, Dave uh, Dave Hennick, and uh, just these godly people. And so uh, I would go there every week. Well, I was going through this, this process where I was trying to become this new f- husband, a father, and everything else like that. And I, I'd taken the, the fire department test, and they passed me over three times and then they were going to throw the list out and i was broken Hmm. and i didn't know what to do and that on that one morning i remember going they were praying and all i I wanted to pray but all i could get out was god Hmm. but i knew at at that moment it was it was the day that i said okay you're lord Hmm. whatever you want everything everything changed that day Hmm. that's incredible i um it's interesting. So you were on the fire department. There's rumors floating around this place that you used to work here <laughs> before I was born. It didn't take. It didn't take. So what happened? What happened? We first started becoming Christians. We we're like, well, what can we do? Because you know, I barely got out of high school, and so uh, we we became the janitors. We we were, we cleaned the church two or three times a week. And we loved it. And then, you know, uh, Joyce was doing all the cleaning, and I was standing around talking to people all the time. Because <laughs> you're the mayor at Grace Church. I'm the mayor. I'm like, oh, I'll go talk to the pastors. Joyce, hey, that bathroom needs to be clean. And Joyce likes to clean. And then uh, there was another time where uh, we were growing so much that uh, they needed an assimilation. And so I started doing a. That sounds like a church word. It's a church word. It's getting people connected. So we would have visitors. So I'd call each one of them and try to plug them in. And we started in touch ministry, which is for new members and stuff like that. Uh, but it just being in ministry is difficult. Hmm. You 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 can't even explain uh, how complicated it can be. And so um, it didn't take. And so I decided, you know, <laughs> I'm going to stay at the fire department because I was doing it on my days off. And then another time when we just finished this part of the building over here, the, the big sanctuary, they hired me to be the facilities manager. And that was like work. And I was like, well, I got to work all day long. I'm not, this is like, excuse me, this sucks. So so I, I, I'd rather just minister to people. I'd rather stand at the door, greet people, hook them up, introduce them with somebody and so yeah so what's kind of going on now we we know you've talked about you know moving down to florida what's the reason that you're really focusing more on that today well about six months ago um so i i don't know have we said it this is my last podcast we have not said it oh okay i felt like we had to let you say it oh i'm leaving there's applause (laughs) what's going on here so 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 wait hold on 
you've chosen to say, you know what? I, I, I think that this podcast, October of 2021, is your last podcast. Yes. And I hit the cheer button, not because you're leaving. That's how it could feel. <laughs> But because you've been an amazing friend, you've been a great person on this podcast, and we even designed this podcast because of these three generations, right? So we're going to keep going, Okay. but we just want you to know, and I think our listeners are going to miss you greatly, but you, we're going to miss you too, man. You're awesome. So about, thank you. So about six months ago. <laughs> I don't do this. I not, love making you I uncomfortable, I man. It's so much well. fun. <laughs> Please keep it, please keep it coming. But anyway, now, no, about six months ago when we were making a decision, we felt we were asking God for a word, and we got a word that yeah. that Cleveland, you're done there. And uh, it was pretty remarkable how it that was happened. A pretty, too. It's a it's a great story. Feel free to call me anytime to ask about that. But I want to know, Lord, what are we going to do here? Because yeah. just like we said earlier, if we're going to be in Florida, we want to be ministering. Yeah. We, Joyce and I believe we were called. And I think there's a verse where once you've been called, you just you, you don't give it up. Yep. You're called until you're, until you're dead. Yep. So it was clear. And I was, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, what do you want from me? <laughs> Why can't I be like everybody else? But when I was in... Uh, Uganda with Mike Rush years ago. We were working on a, an adoption agency, and we were working on some stuff. I, I was I was in a fast, and I was praying. I was saying, God, what do you want me to do? And uh, he he gave me a list of ten different things. To actually, that's where Baller for Jesus came from. It's like you want to be something. You want to be important. You want to be valuable. You want to bring value to the kingdom of God. And so these are ten things. And you know, I came up with the name of being a baller for Jesus. So, can you tell us, like, what, what does it mean to be a baller for anything? Well, baller's like you're like successful. You're like you're like you know how to do it, and you and you just threw your shoulders. You back got you, you got to throw your shoulders back. You got <laughs> the dust off your shoulder. Yeah, you're yeah, a baller baby, for Jesus. I'm balling for Jesus. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's those, it's just those people that you know oh. that you know, like they might be uh, just a salesman, or they might be a host at the at a hotel or, or, or at a restaurant. But you're like, you know, they kind of walk with a little bit of swag. They've it's got because it. They're, because they're confident in who they are. Yeah. It's really what it is. They're confident in who they are. And, and my word, I think, from God was be confident in who you are. So people are like, yeah, he, he knows God. He might even know him personally. When Jonathan Stad used to preach, you're like, he might have had. I mean, he may have had to actually had a real conversation with God, because <laughs> you'd be like, God, he's speaking, he's speaking. This is powerful, and so you want to be someone. Well, I I've always just wanted to be someone that was known that has a personal relationship with God. I'm not perfect. I make a lot of bad mistakes, and I have, but you're confident in your. And it doesn't mean pride. It it's doesn't incredible. mean pride, no. right? Like some of the best, like like when you think of the best whatever person you met, whatever they do, they're really good at their job. The ones that are actually really good are super humble. Yeah. But but they know that they're gifted, but they're humble in that. Yeah. Right? It reminds me of Jonathan one time. He was in the lobby and someone came in and they're like, oh, yeah, it's my first time here. I don't know where the kids are, and he, and so he walked into the nursery and said, "Here's this," and, she, and he said, "I'm one of the pastors here." And she sat down, and she's like, uh, "The preacher is the guy that just introduced me to the nursery." 
didn't didn't have to tell him. Oh, let me tell you, I'm the senior pastor. We'll right, get somebody to help you. Yeah, he he helped walk somebody to the nursing. Yeah. So so baller for Jesus. Yeah. Is this person who's confident, confident in who they are, in their identity, right. in as a follower of Christ, right. right? And what else? These ten things, like you, you've you've named, you've actually put some words together, like like you've you've identified what it means to be a baller for Jesus, which is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So so um, here here they are. I'll rip them off. All right, let's hear them. All right. <laughs> uh, one, be uh, total surrender. Two complete obedience and there's a verses to back all these up three being holy and humble four total dependence five debt canceling which is a fancy word for forgiveness above reproach servant of all loves well a story of goodness and be a bright light of chris this is incredible and i know that We've added show notes to our podcast now, so listeners can check those out if they want to go over these. Uh, legit. Rumor on the street is you bought a website. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we can check things out there, too. You can check things out, but I, I know how to buy things. I don't know how to develop things. So, so there's a website. It's under construction at the moment, baller for the number four, ballerforjesus.com. <laughs> so. It's just so cool that you did that, man. <laughs> I'm like... One of these days, I'm going to turn 65 in January. I'm like, Lauren, am I ever going to grow up? Am I ever going to be the mature guy in the room? It's so funny. I was telling Maureen about this, my wife Maureen. And it's so funny because I was like, look, Mo, Meek has developed his own website. And she's like, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a sticker for your windshield so you can drive in Florida and people can see ballerforjesus.com, you just have to, no road rage, like you have to drive really well. <laughs> well, which is why I don't have a Grace Church sticker, or I don't have a Bayside well, sticker. Well, now at this stage of life, you're going to, I think you yeah, should do yeah, it. Yeah, I can so do it. So would you want to, just to wrap up, would you maybe want to highlight two or three of these, how about two that really stand out to you that you would say, man, these have really shaped me and been a big part of my journey, and I would just want to encourage others to look to these values as well. Well, the first one, total surrender, is just, you know, you, you need to be a Christian. For you to have success in these things, if you Real not, success. Yeah, real, real, like, success as in being alive and having a testimony, you have to be a Christian. Don't Wouldn't you agree with that? I would. Yeah. I mean, and sold out, like yeah, yeah. not one foot in, one foot out, right. but like, like like all all in. Yeah, right? I'm a Christian. Yeah, but the first one, I, I would say, it's complete obedience. I think without obedience, I think that you're not going to have, you're not going to have the victorious life. Would you Would you not agree with that? I would. <laughs> I have well, one. I'll say this: one, someone that I really admire. They say that money and success make you more of what you are. And so you you can be unhappy and not really arrived or not really have the best character and you can be successful in the world but now you're just more of now you're just more of the same thing but when you go to God mm. it's the one it's the one entity that it transforms you it makes you new so many people will say I just want to know what God has for me and you'll say well has he ever talked to you before and he said well yeah he told me to do this and well did you do that and they'll go, well, no. And then you say, well, he's not going to tell you more until you're obedient to do what he yeah. already told you to do. Hmm. I, I agree with that. And, and we see that in Scripture. Yeah. And, and I think that 
when we hold off in one area and then ask God for a new word, it's kind of like, hey, I'm not going to do that. Give me another job, you know? And it's like, wait a second, are you surrendered to me or not? And so... Because we live in a world, we live in a world that says, well, I need to see what it's going to look like before I'm going to commit. Yeah. And it's across the board. Well, you better read that before you sign it, which is, I mean, it's it's good sense. Right. But it doesn't make sense in the kingdom of God. Right. And, and faith is truly believing in what you can't see. We, we, we trust God's word. We, none of us have seen God. We've seen God work. We've seen his creation. But we haven't been face to face with the living God. But we have faith that he exists because of what we've experienced. Right. The next one would be, uh, I would say, debt canceling. And that's a fancy word for forgiveness. Hmm. And uh, the verse that I lined up with that was, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing to the cross. So if that's what he did for me, how much more do I need to cancel the debt that I have that with other people? Yeah, you know, that's a good word. I, can I give an example of this? Good. So it was probably my first, sometime in that first 12 months of men's ministry. You know the story I'm going to share, right? I think so. And Chris was making fun of himself. because So on Wednesday mornings, we do a men's breakfast and a Bible study. And one of the things that loosens people up there is Chris, when he, you know, he would always be the the welcome and the closer, and he was making fun of himself for something. And then I got up and taught, and I thought it'd be great to keep making fun of Chris. <laughs> right? Do you remember this? I'm like, what is this? How, right. I'll punch him in the face. I don't think he knows me that well. <laughs> and I could tell as I was speaking, I'm looking at Chris, and I'm like, He's smiling, but he I, I could tell that I was I, I was still hurting him as I was still speaking. I'm like, oh dude. I went up to him afterwards and I was actually thinking, I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to find another ministry to participate in. And so I, I immediately, as soon as we were all done, yeah. all the guys left, I apologized. And Chris then called me later, and I don't know if you remember this part, but this this was the part that was really powerful in my life with debt canceling. You said, I, I know that you're going to wrestle with this because, I mean, you know that I'm a worrier, right? And in relationship especially. And you said, I, I release you. You no longer, mm-hmm. I have forgiven you. And I, well, I mean, I immediately came to you, but but the right. big part, like you, by you saying that to me, like that that's actually when our friendships are going. Right. Really we really deep. became good, really yeah. good friends right yeah. after that. That's really cool. Uh, it was it was a powerful moment in my life. I want to hit two more. I want to hit above reproach, if you don't mind, Jordy. Yeah, I mean, I can't say no to you. I know you can't. That's why <laughs> this I is your last you. podcast. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so above reproach, um, there's a verse in First uh, Timothy three. It says, "Here's a trustworthy saying: Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task." Now, the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate. I don't know what that means. Self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover for money. And so uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a leader in the church. Yeah. But it comes with some requirements. And all those things are about your character, really. Yeah. And if you look at those things, if you you do those things, you're just going to be a really great person. Hmm. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, and that high character it supports the higher the level of leadership, the higher the influence, the higher you need the character to support that. Right. Because times are going to get rough and you're going to have to dig deep and yeah. if you don't have those characters. And so learning how to how to live above reproach and and I've I've screwed that up over the years. I've <laughs> I've really hurt some people and I've, you know, I I sometimes ask God why that happened uh, and he'll he'll let me know someday but but just knowing that if i want to be great in the kingdom of heaven then you have to be a servant of all you have to be kind and you, and it starts at being at your house mm. it starts with yeah. being with your wife or your kids or your your parents if you're still in, you know whatever or your husband um, and then finally um i i, I totally believe that there's uh, this thing about a story of goodness Something I hate more than anything is you're sitting in a group of like 50 people, all Christians, and someone says, does anybody have a testimony? And nobody says anything. Yeah. Hmm. I'm like, really? You mean to tell me God didn't give you a word in, or, or at least opened your eyes to something in your daily Bible reading? And I think that we as Christians, if we're going to reach the world, my, the fingers come out. I'm pointing to them. If we're yeah. going to reach the world, we have to have a story of goodness, and we need to be a bright light. We need to be where people are like, okay, there is something like the church in Acts where people are like, okay, what's going on there? I want, I want in. Well, and that's the being a minister of reconciliation, right? I mean, that is the story of goodness. You're bringing this amazing story and telling people like you can be reconciled to the living God, you can be reconciled to the God who created your soul. You don't have to live in hostility or what you think might be neutrality. You don't have to live there anymore. You can actually be restored to this amazing relationship with God. Yeah, and so t tell your story of what God did in your life. But I'm sure when you live the way you have, Chris, leading so many people into reconciliation, I'm sure you have an incredible amount of stories and more to come. There's more to come. And so what I'm going to do is uh, starting the first year, we're going to do a men's breakfast, of course. and uh, In Florida. In Florida. And we're going to go through these, at least these 10. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, and it's a whole different world than here. And so we believe they've got some real good strengths, and they've got some areas that Grace Church has got some really strong discipleship uh, mentality. And so I, we believe that God's called us there. We believe that he's going to do a work. Uh, we believe that... Um, that he's opening up some some major doors, and so we're really excited about it. And I'm I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to go shake people's hands and kiss babies. Kiss babies. I, I really don't like babies, but um, <laughs> uh, but I, I that's my goal. And so being full time down there. Not that I wanted to quit this podcast, but I wanted to say I want to be 100% in the relationships, in the people that God's put in front of me. And we've always said that. Yep. Take care of the people that God's put in front of you. And yep. you be, can't do that going at. back and forth. And so that's the real reason Joyce is doing um, some ministry too. Um, and it, it's really funny. Can I tell a story? Absolutely. So they, they asked... Uh, they asked Joyce, like, what can I do? And they're like, well, come on Wednesday and help us with this growth track. And everything was a mess, just organization-wise, in the in the closets and everything. So Joyce started her ministry by cleaning out the closet in the growth track um, hmm. room, and that's a sermon, man. And 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 I'm like thinking, I'm like. 
don't they know you had a ministry? There's 2,000 women at Grace Church that you oversell the ministry to that. And now you're cleaning closets? And she's like, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm like, all right. All it's right. almost just, like where well, you guys started at Grace by right, right. cleaning. by And serving. And Easy. if you serve, yeah, just love people where they're at and be a servant of all. And God will, God will hook us up. And I, I'm telling you, my life has been pretty good. That's he's, he's hooked us up. Well, just so in case you're wondering, first, to, to put it out there, the podcast is going to continue. This was an idea that Chris and I had. I, it actually, I think it was your idea, wasn't it? Yes. And We were making coffee. Yeah. And you said, I, I, said, think, you, I think... You need to do a podcast because yeah. you're really good at ministering to men and doing things like this. You're yeah. really good at it. So Chris and I were praying about it, and we thought, hey, we need to have this three-generation thing invited jordy he said yes thank goodness we needed a mature person in the room yeah. so oh we, we invited jordy <laughs> to we keep us in line jordy's like uh do you guys not know that you should be prepared being right being kind of like well we'll just talk for a couple hours and you know life will be like joe rogan right we'll just talk so chris brought this to us about six weeks ago actually and so we've, we've been praying through, like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to shut the podcast down? The answer is no. We're not going to shut the podcast down. We're going to keep going. And Jordy and I are going to keep doing the podcast. But rather than have three generations, we're going to bring a third person on every month and have a topic of the month. And that person, you know, we'll interview that person and, you know, have them be, quote, unquote, an expert in whatever that topic hmm. is. And just talk through it, the three of us, whoever yep. that person is. So I have to be replaced with an expert then? Uh, but an expert just there, there's an expert every month yeah so yep. you're irreplaceable that's why we're changing it man so just know uh, you're going to be greatly missed not only on this podcast but I know that we're not going to see as much just personally Right. Um, you're going to be in Florida probably more I'm in Siesta um, Key man and uh, wow. if you're in Siesta Key if you're ever in Siesta re Key reach out to Chris uh, if you email us at pressing on at gracema.org, we can send you Chris's info. And if you want to move down there, I still have my real—I got my real estate license down there. Is that a, is that a shameful plug? It's I mean, definitely it's your last a shameless episode. plug, but that's okay. You know what? So you're kicked off the podcast. You're off. done. Yeah. No shameless plugs here. You're out. But Chris, man, we love you, and we are Thank just you. grateful for you in our lives. You really have—you've invested well. And, uh, you know, our friendship to you means a lot, and your friendship to us means a lot. Uh, we know that's going to keep going, but we will miss this. And I know that our listeners are going to miss it, too, because I've had so many people tell me they you just make them laugh. But at the same time, you drop incredible nuggets of wisdom in their lives. So thank you, thank you man. Well, let me pray. Father, you're, you're good. Mm. And you've called some other people that are listening to this to a, to a new place. Mm. Maybe it's a new place here at Grace Church. Yeah. Maybe it's a new, uh, new normal here at Grace Church. Maybe it's a new normal in South Carolina or California. But we know that you are the, you're the, the God who created the world. And you're the God who saved us. You set us free. You've equipped us. You've empowered us. You've given us freedom mm. to go and, and be ballers for jesus you've you've equipped us to go be maybe just someone that just goes and cleans a closet but you you love us so much and as scott said in the beginning of the podcast that you're always looking towards us you're coming towards us father i pray for every person that's listening here 
that they would see you coming and they would turn and run to you. Yes. We thank you that you give us the privilege of sharing the good news with others. It's a privilege, like yeah. Paul said, I count it as a privilege of sharing the good news. And so I ask that you would bless this ministry. I pray that you bless the ministry that I'm gonna start in Florida, in Jesus' mm. name, amen. Amen. Thanks, man. Thank you, everybody.